0: All right. How's it going, friends? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today we're going to talk about the five differences between entrepreneurs and normal people. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sydlicbook.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now on Amazon. And for everybody who buys the book from our website, you'll get over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs. Uh, So you'll want to head over to www.sydlicbook.com to check it out now. All right, let's get on with the show. So for a little bit of context, 4% of the world is actually entrepreneurs. But 50% of the world would like to be entrepreneurs. They view entrepreneurship as a good career, uh, getting to own their own business, making great money, dictating their own schedule, being with their family on their terms, having more control over their time, over their actions, over how they spend their day, over what they're focusing on and their freedom, right? Now, this is really important because Why are only 4% of the world actually entrepreneurs if 50% of the world wants to actually be entrepreneurs? Well, there's certain things that entrepreneurs do that are very different than the rest of the world. And to be honest, a lot of the stuff that entrepreneurs do that's very different than the rest of the world is stuff that you're not taught in college. And this is why we're going to talk about it today. So the first thing, the first thing that separates entrepreneurs from normal people— um, is the uh, it's basically the the juxtaposition of action and learning. Now, what I mean by that is entrepreneurs act first, learn later. The majority of people learn first, act after. Now, let me explain. Okay, so when you f- when I first started my entrepreneurial journey, I wanted to learn everything that I needed to to become a successful online entrepreneur and successful coach. Uh, I thought that I would go learn a bunch of stuff, and then by learning all of these things, I would all of a sudden become a successful coach. And what I didn't really realize was the learning process was actually in the doing. Now, in school, we're programmed to do the exact opposite. Think about it. In school, uh, you let, let's say you're going through a math class, right? You have to learn, learn, learn. You study the book. You show up in class. You do the homework, right? And then you take the action. You take the test. Right? And you only get one shot at this test. You only get one shot to prove that you have learned and understood the knowledge, the concepts, things like that. So in the, in the, in the uh, education system, we learn first and then we act once afterwards. Now, this is the process that we have learned that the real world exists on. And when you go to the nine-to-five world, it's relatively similar, right? You, you go learn, you study, and then you give the presentation once. You go give the project once. In school, you write the essay once. You turn in the, the midterm report once, right? And you do all the learning beforehand, Right now, this creates uh, what we see a lot of starting entrepreneurs to have a lot of difficulty and trouble with. It's called perfection paralysis or overanalyzing or a desire to learn and understand things 100 percent before taking action. Now, what most starting entrepreneurs don't realize and most non-entrepreneurs don't realize is this is actually backwards. And any real entrepreneur who owns a successful business will tell you that you actually have to act first and learn after. This is the entire premise of the book, uh, Ready, Fire, Aim, by uh, Mark Ford, or Mark, um, uh, yeah, Michael, Ma- Mark Ford is his uh, his, rear no- his real name. Um, uh, I can't even remember, Michael Masterson, there we go, that's his pen name. Um, but the whole idea is you have to act first. Now, in the entrepreneurial world, and in the real world, you take an action And then you learn from that action. Entrepreneurs understand this, and this is by far one of the biggest things that separates entrepreneurs from normal people. Normal people want to understand first and then act because they're afraid of taking a wrong action or afraid of taking an action that creates a failure. But an entrepreneur will act first and learn afterwards, because the entrepreneur knows that by taking the action, you're going to have more data points, you're going to have better ideas, you're going to have better visibility looking at things in hindsight, and then you take an action, and then you learn from it, and then you can go take a better action. So this is one of the biggest signifiers between normal people and entrepreneurs. When you start to take action first in order to learn, you take action, and then you learn, and that allows you to get better and move forward. So that's number one. Number two... Uh, Is something that I call the I don't know test. And this is how you can tell whether or not you're an entrepreneur, uh, is with the I don't know test. Um, I first introduced this to one of our our clients maybe four years ago, uh, and it's been an absolute game changer. So when you are unclear on what to do in a situation, do you say, I don't know? Or do you say, I don't know, but? I don't know, but I'm going to do it anyways. I don't know, but I'm going to ask for help. I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out, right? That's the difference between an entrepreneur and a normal person. See, an entrepreneur is a professional problem solver. We're never going to fully understand things. We're never going to know the the unknown, the the, the definition of a leader. If you want to be a leader, entrepreneurs are leaders, right? If you want to be a leader, what's the definition of leadership? Leadership. The definition of leadership is to go first. You have to go into the unknown. You have to walk the trail that has not been walked before. You have to go the extra mile where nobody else is going. Now, in order to go that extra mile, in order to walk the trail that nobody's ever been before, you have to be a leader and you have to go down trails that have never been walked. Nobody knows what they're doing. So you have to be a professional problem solver. I always tell our clients when we first start working with people, you know, I say people come to me to solve their problems and I tell them my goal is not to solve your problems. My goal is to help you get better at solving your own problems so that I can give you bigger ones. Think about that, right? As an entrepreneur, that is literally the goal. You are a professional problem solver. Let's say you want to have a six-figure business. You have six-figure problems. Well, if I can teach you how to handle six-figure problems then you're going to start to have multiple six-figure problems. They're bigger problems. They're harder problems. The problems don't go away. They get bigger. So you just have to get better at handling problems, at solving problems. The idea of I don't know cannot be existent for you. You have to become an I don't know but. I don't know but I'm going to figure it out. I don't know but I'm going to find help. I don't know but I'm not going to stop, and I'm going to test it, and I'm going to try it anyways, right? You have to become an I don't know but person because – As you move forward, you get better at problem solving. As an entrepreneurial coach, my goal is to just give you bigger problems because if you go from six-figure problems to multiple six-figure problems and then we teach you how to solve multiple six-figure problems, well, then you're going to start to have seven-figure problems and then multiple seven-figure problems, right? This is a major difference between normal people and entrepreneurs. Normal people need 100% of the steps laid out in front of them before they can walk the walk. I think of it like Ikea furniture, right? A normal person has to have the stupid proof plan, the Ikea furniture directions put directly in front of him. And and some of you guys know, I know I personally have had some major screw-ups putting together Ikea furniture together. Uh, My wife Maddie knows that I probably have some severe trauma around putting together a, uh, a dresser drawer once that took me two hours. And then I realized I put on one of the pieces backwards and had to take the entire thing apart and then do it again. Um, so even Ikea furniture can be tough sometimes, but, um, you know, normal people need the Ikea directions, the A, B, C, D, step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, all the way through step 47, perfectly laid out pictures involved, perfect details, all the tools put right in front of them for, for them to be successful. Now, a true entrepreneur can get by with a basic idea and a plan. The better version of an entrepreneur that you are, the less of the, the details you need, right? When I'm working with starting entrepreneurs, we have to lay out about 90, 95% of, of the plan to get their businesses up and running because they're starting entrepreneurs. Now, we don't ever want to lay out 100% of the plan because that's not teaching them how to become problem solvers. We want to help them learn how to get that last 10% with them. And then when we get these coaches earning six figures, well, now that they're earning six figures and they want to get to multiple six figures, Right? we start to give them a little bit less, but we help them get a little bit more creative. We we only need to give them about 80% of the plan to really get them moving forward. And then with my seven-figure earners, with my seven-figure coaches that we coach, I only have to give people about 30%. I have to give them a direction and I have to give them ideas and I have to give them some basic guidelines and KPIs and they can take it and run with it and make amazing, amazing shit happen. This is what happens as you become a more successful entrepreneur. You get better at the problem solving side of things, right? For me now, I have, I have coaches of mine that tell me, hey, you should do this. And it's literally just a concept. It's just an idea, and we can take it and run with it and turn it into a seven-figure business. We just needed that 5% idea of, hey, you should do this, right? But that's the difference between a true entrepreneur and someone who belongs in a nine-to-five is the I don't know versus the I don't know but. Now, another major signifier between entrepreneurs and uh, nine-to-fivers is their view of costs versus investments right? Their view of cost versus investments and how they spend their money, right? Entrepreneurs will invest. Normal people will spend. Entrepreneurs will invest. Normal people will spend. Let me explain. And, and normal people, sometimes they will view investments as, spend, as expenditures and they will view expenditures as investments and they have it backwards. So let me explain, right? If you have four pairs of shoes already, you don't need a fifth or a sixth or a seventh or an eighth just because they look good. That might be an expense or something you're spending money on. That might be a cost. But an investment is something intended to help you grow. Personally, business-wise, income-wise, in your relationships, in your health and wellness, these are investments, right? Now, here's what's really important, and I think this is something that a lot of people have issues with, is if you've gone to university, if you've gone to college, you may have, quote-unquote, invested in a degree that got you no return. And this is where a lot of normal people lose sight of what a real investment is right? They Maybe you spent, I did, I was one of these people, maybe you spent $100,000 on your degree and it led you down a career path that was unfulfilling, that left you, left you unsatisfied, stressed, anxious, unhappy, torn apart, right? And so you saw that as a sunk cost. But the reality was it was an investment. Now, all investments like this give a return. Some are longer, some you see further down the line, and some, uh, some you may not realize until long, long In the future, right? So I originally saw my college investment as as a cost, as a sunk cost, because it got me a degree that I didn't use, an, uh, an engineering degree that I didn't use. But the more and the more that I saw it, I learned a lot there, right? I learned a lot of things, and the investment came in multiple ways, right? It gave me an idea of the education system, which I want to change, hence shit you don't learn in college. I also learned as an engineer how to be a problem solver, which what we just talked about was entrepreneurship, right? I also learned a ton in college about networking and connecting with people and and socializing, right? And how to open a beer bottle with my phone. Um, But that's besides the point. But, you know, it was an investment for me in many, many ways. I just didn't get the return that I thought I was going to get, right? I also had a coaching program. I've invested over a half million dollars on my own coaching programs and and uh, and masterminds in the last handful of years. Um, and one of the ones that I first invested in when I first started my business, it was the first uh, coaching program I, that ever put me in debt. I put it on a credit card. It was twelve thousand dollars, and it was crap. It was completely outdated. The 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 tactics and strategies were completely outdated. The coaching support was horrendous, right? But looking back, it was one of the best investments I've ever made because it gave me the opportunity to face my fears and invest again in another program that got me you know, tactics that were tactics and strategies that I could use and, and introduced me to people that, that could really help me. Right? So it helped me overcome my fear. It helped give me the opportunity to be courageous and, and face my fears and, and make stuff happen. Right? And that was one of the best investments I've ever made. Was that worth $12,000 to me? Well, you know, it was probably worth millions to me. Now that I look back, in hindsight, it's always a lot easier to see what these investments are actually worth. Now, there's other things that you can invest in as well that entrepreneurs do. Now, I invest heavily in my own self-care, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs that do the same because, you know, I am the product in a lot of certain cases, right? So uh, we had a client of ours that brings in somewhere between, on any given month, somewhere between fifty dollars and $80,000 a month. And he was, he was hesitating, um, you know, picking between he, he had a gym that he was paying about 20 bucks a month. Uh, and it was kind of a shit gym, but it got the job done. And then there was another gym down the street that was like hundred dollars a month. And it had a nice sauna and a nice spa and, uh, and, you know, newer equipment and all of this stuff. Right. And a better clientele, a higher level clientele. And he, you know, he was like, man, like, I just don't know if it's worth it. Right. And I was like, what would it be worth if you could sauna regularly and that would help you show up at a better level in your business? And you could, you could, you know, uh, get rid of some of the stresses and the toxins and things like that. And you put yourself around a higher clientele, a higher level of people that were earning more money, you know, would that motivate you? And he's like, holy shit, this, this $80 a month investment might actually be costing me millions. Right, because your health is such a significant part of who you are as an entrepreneur. Now, for me, I've invested thousands in in things like cold plunges. My cold plunge cost me, I think, like sixty five hundred dollars. Our sauna cost me five k. But those are two of the best investments I've ever made in my health. I, I cold plunge every single day. I sauna multiple times a week, and because of that, I never have any worry about about my energy levels, about getting sick or anything like that. And if I do get sick, I just jump in the sauna and I sweat it out and it's gone in hours, not days or weeks right so those investments have caused me to perform at a really high level so that's something that that most people don't think about you invest in your health in eating right you know Maddie and I eat very well and we you know we focus on eating mostly organic and eating really high quality food and we spend more than most people spend on their food but because of that we live healthier lifestyles and we don't have to worry about sickness and and our energy levels and all of those sorts of things so that's a huge one. The way that entrepreneurs view costs and investments is massively, massively different. Now, I know a lot of you might be thinking, "Well, if I made millions of dollars, I'd spend five grand on a sauna as well." But I've been doing this since since I started. I, I I invested like I was a millionaire before I was a millionaire, right? So you have to start to invest in the things that really matter. A lot of people say, "Oh, I'd invest in coaching if if I had the money." Well, you don't have the money because you haven't invested in coaching, right? You got to start to flip the switch. And you start to have to like a seven-figure earner before you're actually going to make seven figures. Now, another major thing, another major difference between entrepreneurs and normal people, normies or nine-to-fivers, as I like to call them, uh, is the fear of judgment and criticism. And not necessarily the lack of it, but how you handle it. So we all have the fear of judgment and criticism. And one of the things I tell a lot of people is we don't actually fear failing, right? A lot of people say they're afraid of failure. You're not actually afraid of failure, right? You're afraid of being seen failing. You're afraid of the appearance of failing. Think about it, right? If you could fail in silence, like in a black box and nobody knew about it, it was completely uh, anonymous. You actually wouldn't worry that much. The real fear is being judged or people seeing you fail and being judged or being criticized for doing it, right? This is where I love Mark Manson's book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, right? Because the reality is to be more successful in life, you have to learn how to not give a fuck about what people think because people are always going to judge you. People are going to criticize you. They're going to judge you. They're going to make fun of you. uh, They're going to talk shit. Now, you're going to have haters regardless. So if you're going to have haters regardless, wouldn't you want to have haters doing something that really matters to you, pushing yourself and actually being yourself and putting yourself out there? I think so. Right now, we're all we all have an evolutionary programmed fear of being seen failing. Now, why is this? Um, so, being seen failing, and judge, judgment and criticism is closely tied to the emotion of shame, um, according to Dr. David R. Hawkins. Um, shame is the lower, lowest energetic emotion that we can feel, just above death. Right. This is often why a lot of people commit suicide because they're ashamed. So they would rather experience death than shame. Um, if you think about this evolutionarily makes sense when we were small tribes, small groups of people, um, you know, say, let's say you're in a group of 200. If you had, if you were socially shamed in a group of 200, you'd be outcast. Well, if you're outcast, then you're probably not going to survive. You're probably going to get eaten by a saber tooth tiger. You're going to die. So, so shame and death were closely related, but in today's world, people judging you is, is common, especially with social media. It's, you know, they're not actually judging you because you're doing something wrong. They're judging you because you're doing something different. And by definition, success is different. If you want to be successful, you want to have what other people don't have. You want to do what other people don't do. You want to be what other people can't be. You have to be different than the norm and people judge different. People criticize different. So the reality is if you're not being judged, if you're not being criticized, it's because you're not being successful. If you want to be successful, you can actually judge the amount of of success you're having by the amount of criticism and the amount of judgment that you're getting while you're doing it, right? One of my favorite quotes from Albert Einstein, he says, great souls encounter opposition from mediocre minds. And the majority of people are mediocre minded, right? That's that's herd mentality. And for us to be successful, we have to be different than the herd mentality. Now, the last thing, the last thing that really separates entrepreneurs from the rest of society is... uh, What Jaco Willink refers to as extreme ownership or what I call taking full ownership, 100% accountability for our lives, our outcomes, and everything in it. Now, this means this is challenging for a lot of people, really taking 100% ownership for everything in our lives, right? This means never blaming or complaining about a situation, just owning it. And taking action, understanding what is within your power, what is in what is within your control, and what is not, and taking action on the things that you can control to change your reality, change your attitude, change your circumstance, change your outcomes. I, I will never. My life will never be dictated by the government. My life will never be dictated by uh, the the economy or a pandemic or anything going on. I will always find a way to uh, take ownership over my life. And this. Requires a lot of discipline. Now, sometimes this is self discipline. You can cultivate self discipline by keeping agreements. Whenever you say you're gonna do something, do it. Do the damn thing that you say you're gonna do. Every time that you break an agreement, you say you're gonna do something and you don't do it, you're weakening your self discipline muscle. So, number one, do the things you say you're gonna do. That's self discipline. Now, on top of that, there's a lot of things that we need that require more than just self discipline. And you hear me talk about accountability all the time, right? We're not going to be disciplined enough to accomplish all the things that we need to accomplish on our own. We need help. We need social accountability, other people holding us accountable to taking the actions we need to take to move ourselves forward. That's full ownership. Full ownership does not mean I'm going to just be so self-disciplined that I'm going to get it all done myself. It means knowing your faults, knowing your failures, and getting others to help you fill those gaps. If I know that I'm not going to make it to the gym five times a week without, uh, without a personal trainer hire a fucking personal trainer. If I know that I'm not going to complete, you know, I hate social media. So I know that I'm not going to put posts on social media. Uh, the days that I need to post on social media, I have someone on my team, hold me accountable and send me three Slack messages on days that I don't post on social media so that they can remind me, Hey Xander, where's your post? Hey Xander, where's your post? Hey Xander, where's your post? So eventually that post gets done, right? I know that I need accountability to make shit happen in the areas that I'm most likely not going to take the actions I need to right the reality is if you want to be successful in any way shape or form you have to take ownership over your outcomes when you blame or complain all you're doing is you're taking the easy route. Have you ever noticed that? That we blame or complain about a situation and we 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 complain about a situation to the people that can't do anything. We go to work and we complain about our spouses at home. We go to our spouses and we complain about work. Rather than going and do something, going to your boss and talking about what's not working for you and seeing how you can change it. Going to your husband or your wife and asking them if you can talk openly and honestly about what's going on in your relationship and see if you guys can fix it. You have to have those open and honest conversations. That's full Ownership. Now, in the end, as an entrepreneur, the buck stops with you. If you're if you know we talk about this in our company, it's uh we talk about you being the CEO of your world. I obviously am the CEO of high impact coaching, but then I have my heads of the different business units. They're the CEOs of their different business uses. Each person in their individual role is the CEO of that role. If they need something to get that role done properly and they're not getting it. They're responsible for it. They have to ask me. They have to ask uh, the the head of their department or they have to ask somebody else on the team to help them get what they need to actually make it happen, right? So in the end, the buck stops with you. Now, these are the five differences that I've noticed between entrepreneurs and nine to fivers. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, it's pretty simple. You just have to start practicing these things today. Nobody, nobody's necessarily born an entrepreneur. I think so much of this is built from uh, from nature, not necessarily nurture. I was an engineer. I was a Cisco. You know, I was a Cisco nine to fiver, a corporate money. When I first started into the entrepreneurial world, I had all of the bad habits of entrepreneurship. I had the exact opposite of all of these. I I would blame and complain about things. I would. I had so much people pleasing tendencies, uh, that the fear of judgment and criticism just debilitated me that, you know, I invested in my, uh, in my in my, um, university degree and it got me nowhere. So I was afraid to invest in myself. I would always say, I don't know and see if somebody else would fix it. And I I wanted to learn and understand everything. Perfection paralysis before I took action, I had all of these bad habits and I was able to change all of them, but I had to realize number one, that I needed to change. And number two, that I could change And number three, I had to commit to taking the actions to change. And now I'm a completely different person. And I can tell you, I never have any fears of of being successful as an entrepreneur again. If you destroyed my entire business right now, I guarantee within the next 60 days, I could have another seven-figure business up and running because of who I am now, the skills I have, and how I behave. Now that's all I have for today's show. Don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing. So make sure you implement what you learn here with us. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the number one bestseller shit you don't learn in college available now. And I'll see you on the other side.